Praise the Lord, everyone. I guess I'm going to be hosting and speaking. All right. <laughs> well, it's good to good to have everyone here. Um, I'm glad to be here. Um, suppose you all can be seated. Um, I think of kind of the way I think of myself being up here is the way Charlie used to state it, where he would say, uh, now I'm not the preacher, that's, that's one thing that's clear, but I can do a little preaching until the preacher gets here. <laughs> so that's why I'm here. I'm here just to speak a little bit, and I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I'm glad to be able to be here. Um, it's good to have Brother Shostrand here. <laughs> and um, I'm just thankful to be able to have this opportunity, thankful to be able to speak. I appreciate the ministers' meetings. We meet once a month, and I uh, do my best to be there. I missed the New Year's Eve one. I'm sorry about that, Pastor. <laughs> I was... Um, I was sleeping. I was tired. I was tired. That was the only one I was tired on. All right. But today I want to talk about um, an important um, an important aspect of living for God, which is faith. And I want to speak about victory through faith. Um, I think about you know, this pulpit, I think about the, the, the men of God that have spoken here. It really, truly is an honor. I appreciate it very much, Brother Shostrand, so thank you for that. Um, I think about, you know, from Billy Cole, Lee Stone King, some of these people that were just very, very influential to me, to a lot of people, have been at this very place. They've stood here, they spoke, and that there's just something really cool about that. Um, and I want to speak tonight, yeah, I want to speak about faith. And I'll start with uh, Matthew 17, 20. And we're going to get started here. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So faith makes it so that nothing is impossible. If you believe something, if you believe it, if you have faith in God, God is able to, to bring it to pass. No matter how big of a mountain it is, no how big of a problem it is, God is truly, he's the one that brings um, he brings the ability for that thing to come to pass. So, I want to go. So, faith is believing. Faith is possibility. All things are possible to him who believes. Faith can move mountains from here to there. It will move. The greatest problems that we face will be moved by faith. And we'll go to Mark four thirty. And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? 
and, and go ahead and go to the next verse. Sorry, I didn't put that one on there. Let's see. But without, let's see. I think it's 431. Mr. Kelsey. I think we're getting that. It's about the mustard seed. It's about, it's like the grain of mustard seed, which when it's sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. And go to the next verse. But when it's sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. So the smallest, so faith is a grain of mustard seed. The smallest seed produced the largest plant. We know from uh, studies on plants in the area that mustard seed could grow, a mustard plant could grow up to 10 to 15 foot. And the seed, and pastors had passed out before the mustard seed, uh, and we've seen them where it's the smallest seed. It's, I don't know, maybe a tenth the size of a normal seed, maybe a kernel of corn. It's like almost like a grain of sand. And it's such a seemingly insignificant thing. And it's planted, and it, when it grows, it become, can become the greatest of all plants. In the same way, faith is like that. Faith is the smallest bit of, of faith can become the greatest thing if we put it in trust in God. The principle of faith that is produced by God. So something will grow and produce, not based on our reason or thinking, but on the power of God. God works through the miraculous, and he's not limited by our thinking and understanding. He will produce things that we would consider impossible. Just because we think something cannot be done does not mean that it can't. It only means that we don't have faith in that area. Um, we'll go to Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So those that seek God and faith are rewarded. Our faith is never in vain if it's placed in him. We must both believe that he is, meaning that he exists, and also that he is good, and that he rewards those who search for him. And so, and I was speaking a little bit out of the Hebrew, Hebrews 11, which is the faith chapter. And the, the faith chapter, uh, faith, it's a, it's a substance of things hoped for. We'll do uh, Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So you may not have your answer yet. You may not have see, seen it yet. But if you have faith, that is the answer. Knowing that God is in control. And about Hebrews 11, so the faith chapter speaks on great men of faith in the Old Testament and how God used them. And Abel was the first person mentioned as having faith. And we'll go to Hebrews 11, 4. 
By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. And so Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So what does that mean? He offered a better sacrifice than Cain. How can it be a greater sacrifice? How can one sacrifice be greater than another? And that intrigued me as I began to study that. And I, I went back to uh, the beginning where that story is told to try to find out why. Why is one uh, sacrifice greater than another? And we'll go through Genesis 2, 5. Or two, Genesis 4, 2. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wrath, and his countenance fell. So this is, as I begin to study this verse, a couple of things that I begin to try to understand from this, is that Cain brought, Cain brought what he was grown. Abel was a shepherd, and he brought the first, firstborn of his flock. So Abel brought the best. He brought his favorite. He brought the firstborn, which was, you know, you would think that would be the most valuable. That would be, this is the first thing I, I got from this, whether it was a cow or sheep. But this is the first one. This is the firstborn. It was his best. It was his favorite. He showed faith and trust in God that by giving his best, it would be honored and God and rewarded by God. Sacrifice given to God is not in vain. God honors our faith and he rewards it. And I was thinking about this, but true faith requires that we bring our best or favorite, which is the first, first fruits. There is real sacrifice involved. There was, there was no sacrifice from Cain's offer, offering. His was from obligation or show. It was not his best. And we'll go through Genesis 4.4. 4. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. He brought the firstborn and the fat. The fat was, um, was the choice. It was the finest part. It was the best part. It was the richest part. The Lord respected Abel and his offering. God knew the heart behind the gift. He knew the heart behind the action. Respected means he, literally, he looked. As I looked at what that word meant, it means he looked at Abel's offering. He gazed at it. He regarded it. Abel, so literally, God, the sacrifice that Abel brought, it caught God's eye. 
He, he turned that way. He looked that way. He saw something that he was literally, it was what he was looking for. And so, you know, I put down here what Pastor often says is you can't fool God. So God knows the heart. God, we can fool other people. We can fool ourselves even, but we can't fool God. So God knew the reason why that sacrifice was better is because Cain's heart was better towards God. I'm sorry, Abel's heart was better towards God. And we'll do uh, Genesis 4, 5 through 7. And, but unto Cain and his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So Cain was angry. His countenance fell. Literally, his emotions fell. His face fell, is what that word means. If you do well, you will be accepted. God told Cain what was required. It wasn't a secret. It wasn't a mystery. He gave his direction clear. Cain ended up slaying his brother and was cursed and made a fugitive and a vagabond, a wanderer on the earth. And so that's my first example of faith. And I'll, the, I want to conclude in this last section of, of Jericho, which is what we've been speaking on. And this is Joshua 6, verse 1 through 2. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. So God gave a promise. I've given Jericho into your hand. It's king and mighty men of valor. And then we'll go 6, 3 through 5. And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war. Go around about the city once. Thou shalt do Thou shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. So you shall march around the city. So God gives a promise. Then he gives instruction. Detailed, concise, and very specific. God gives this to his leader. Given to Joshua, its leader. And I couldn't help but think about that, about the fast that we're on and the 40 days of fire when that God gives a direction. He gives a direction to pastor for 40 days of fire, and then pastor gives it to the people. And it, it struck me as something that I started thinking, well, maybe that's what we're doing, you know. With this fast, you know, we're walking around walls. Walls are going to come down, you know. It's powerful. It's direction given by God, and it has nothing to do with that we did so much or we didn't do so much, but it's a promise. It's a direction from God that he gives. So also, all soldiers march around the city one full time, six days in a row, seven priests, seven trumpets with the ark. The seventh day... 
They're in march around the city seven times. There's a theme of seven. Seven is totality. Seven is completion or perfection. It's a completeness of God's victory. So the seventh day the priests blow the trumpets. They make a long blast. When the people hear this, they are to shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat. And we'll go Joshua 6.6. 6. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priest and said unto them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram horn, ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. So Joshua gives the command to the priests and the people. So first God provides the direction and then to Joshua, then Joshua provides the direction to the people. And then we'll do Joshua 6.10. And Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day I bid you shout, then ye shall, then ye shall shout. So no noise while the priests are blowing the trumpets the first six days until Joshua gives the order to shout. Very specific, again, very specific, very intentional following orders, specific plan to follow. God's direction was very clear. And then the last verse is, I'm going to do is uh, Joshua 6.20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets, and it came to pass, when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him. So the wall literally fell down flat, and the people ended up taking this city. The Bible that says that the city was taken. So notice, yeah, Again, the pattern, the direction from God to people, to the people's leader, then direction from the leader to the people, obedience to the instruction, and then fulfilling of God's initial promise. And I feel like that's the same thing that we're doing with the 40 days of fire, is that God gives a promise, God gives a plan, he gives it to pastor, pastor gives it to us, we are obedient to what he, what he gives us, and then... God follows through with his promise, and he will bring the victory. And that's why this is uh, titled Victory Through Faith. So thank you.